because nobody has had the same worst entrepreneurial moment. And that story that I force out of you is amazing. And nobody's had the same epiphany moment and how they turn that idea into success. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. Great show today with John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneur on Fire, the award-winning podcast that gets one million listens every month. Say what? John's interviewed 1,300 entrepreneurs and counting on his show and his latest project is the Freedom Journal that guides you in accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. He launched this thing on Kickstarter and he raised 453 grand over 33 days and it became the number six most funded publishing project of all time. Pretty amazing for a guy who started a podcast uh, three and a half years ago. So you can check out that at thefreedomjournal.com. And I think you're really going to dig this episode. John gets kind of riled up a few times talking about uh, people who just don't understand what he's doing on his show. Uh, he not only shares uh, the marketing tactic that's produced the most surprising results for him, but he also shares a holy crap moment now that he is a famous podcaster and marketer running a seven-figure business. So hold on tight. You're going to dig this. John Lee Dumas, are you prepared to tell the truth? Kevin, I'm prepared to ignite the truth on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd use a little JLD magic in, yes. the, in the opener here. So great to have you, bro. Really appreciate you making the time. And so aside of all the amazing success with Entrepreneur on Fire, You've also coached thousands on how to start and succeed with their own podcast, right? Uh, through Podcasters Paradise. And I consider you sort of the poster boy for the best reason to start a podcast. So what is one of the worst reasons anyone would ever start a podcast? So there are a number of bad reasons for sure to start a podcast. But the worst reason overall is because you want to sprint to success. Because the reality is more than anything else podcasting is a marathon. It's not coming overnight. It's not coming anytime soon. You are slowly simmering your way to success. So if you're looking to do it quick, there are other avenues to go that I can definitely recommend, um, but not podcasting. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people, it is an amazing networking tool, right? I mean, you could definitely reach out to people who otherwise wouldn't talk to you <laughs> and say, would you like to be on my show? Would you like to be my friends? <laughs> Can I pick your brain? Yeah, you know, <laughs> no one wants to hear that. But I think you know, I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend of people using that kind of uh, nefariously, right? And sometimes the show never launches. What do you What do you say to people when they come to you and they want you on their show, and you know the show hasn't even launched yet? So I do have a pretty good process at this point. You know, for me, kind of seeing the success that I've had in podcasting and having now a podcasting community of over 2,800 members. 
And really looking back and seeing that people paid it forward to me way back in the day, mm -hmm. I still feel like I want to pay it forward when possible. So I do have a day a month where I conduct 10 interviews back to back. You know, that's what I have limited myself to. And, and today's actually that day, Kevin. We're mm -hmm. episode four of 10 right now. I have one day a month where I will do 10 back to back interviews. Now, the thing that I do is I say, hey, listen, I would love to be on your show. I have no requirements for your show currently, but likely the, the earliest time you're going to be able to book me is maybe a month, probably two months away from this point. So for me, the reality is this is like, I've had a lot of people that when they got my weekly reminder last week of this interview day, mm -hmm. they'll cancel because their show never went live or something mm -hmm. like that. So that's kind of my little way that I kind of do that trickle down naturally. I definitely recommend for people who don't kind of have that same pay it forward mentality where I feel like I do kind of owe it to up and coming podcasters running this community mm -hmm. to say, hey, listen, if if you have 10 podcast episodes out, if you are rocking and rolling, if you've been podcasting for more than two months, that is kind of where I draw the line. And I think that's totally fine for other entrepreneurs who are really successful and have a lot of limitations on time to do because one quick stat 93% of podcasts never make it past episode seven. So if you just wow. put that one little requirement in there, hey, once you've hit 10 podcasts, once you've been live for two months, then reach out to me and we'll get something on the schedule. And I think that's a good thing for a lot of entrepreneurs who are getting a lot of requests because of the success that they've had. Yeah, that's a great, great tip. And it's a, it's a good way to set a goal for somebody, right? It's like, okay, I need to get 10 in the can before I can approach people that I really want. It doesn't mean you're, you're filling, you know, 10 episodes of time wasting material, but, you know, kind of go after the low hanging fruit of people you can interview, get your groove on and then, and then get started. Absolutely. Yeah. Great tip. So, you know, you represent the avatar of your audience, John. I always say you've got one of the best videos I've ever seen about, <laughs> you know, why you do this. It's fantastic. It's on the about page of eofire.com. So I remember you talking quite a bit about it being easy for you to do these shows because you remember being the guy sitting in the car. The podcasts were fueling your dream. Is it still the avatar for you? Is it You've had so much success. You're running a, this seven-figure juggernaut now. Are you still in touch with that same avatar or has it adjusted a little bit? So I'm in touch with that same avatar, but the interesting thing is like, I'm no longer that avatar. Right. And I see a lot of podcasters and really successful entrepreneurs in general kind of go through this evolution. And it really is this kind of evolving period that we should be open to. Because when I launched EO Fire... I was Jimmy, you know, whom I named my avatar. I was that mid-30s guy that was driving to work every day to a job he didn't like, to sit in a cubicle at a job that didn't inspire him to drive home, and then to wonder why I was spending most of my waking hours doing those things I just didn't enjoy doing. Like, I was that person. The minute that I launched the podcast, I no longer was that person because I was now a podcast host and I had to take up that new role, but I never lost touch with who my perfect avatar is, who that targeted listener is for EO Fire. And so I'm not speaking to me now, the podcast host, whom I've become. I'm still speaking to Jimmy, that 36-year-old with two kids that drives to work, that comes back, spends time with his family and his wife. And then he says, why? Why am I doing these things that don't inspire me? So yes, your avatar can evolve. And you definitely, as an entrepreneur, small business owner, will evolve. Mm -hmm. But the reality is never lose touch on who your perfect listener is. That's fantastic. 
that brings us to let's talk about the Freedom Journal for for a little little minute here because first of all, congratulations on on the accomplishment. Thank you. you. Know, just launching it and the amazing success. Number six Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> that's that's mind blowing, dude. Thank you. Uh, and so you know, talk about why that, right? I mean, you're sitting in a position where. You have nothing but opportunity. I'm sure it's not easy to choose what you're going to put your energy into. Why the Freedom Journal? It's a great question, and it really goes to the core of what I believe is the success or the reason for success of EO Fire. I never have lost touch with my audience. I've never lost touch with Fire Nation. I continue to engage them. And frankly, Kevin, I am able to engage with Fire Nation better now in a lot of ways than I was even able to way back three or four years ago because of tools like Snapchat, like Blab that are now available that make it so easy for me to just flip on you know, and do a nice little JLD rant or, or launch a Blab and just have 100 people jump on and engage and come in the same chat with me. Like Because of these new tools, like I'm even able to engage more and I'm moving further in that direction, closer to my audience with that direct contact, that direct connection. Because why? Now I can say, Fire Nation, like, what are you struggling with? They can tell me their pain points, their obstacles, their challenges. And if I'm listening, I can then create the solution in the form of a product, a service, a community. And that is exactly how the Freedom Journal was birthed because I listened to my audience. They said, John, like, how do the Kevin Rogers of the world, you know, that are your guests that are successful and inspiring entrepreneurs, like, what's their magic bullet? And I say, well, listen, first off, they work really hard. And that will always be a reality. Mm -hmm. But I knew that there was something more. And I wanted to give Fire Nation something more. So I sat down. This is early 2015. I thought about it and really gave it some deep thought. And I realized that people like yourself, Kevin, and my other 1,300 successful mm -hmm. guests of EO Fire – they know how to set and accomplish goals. They successfully do those things. And I realized that so many of my listeners struggle at that very thing. So I said, what can I create? What solution? What can bridge that gap? And I wanted to do it right. I had the means because of the success that we've had to create this beautiful faux leather gold embossed journal you know, pre-order 20,000 copies uh, at no small expense, you know, $150,000 out of pocket before a single journal was sold. Mm. But because I knew that my audience needed it, I knew that they would support it because they knew, liked, and trusted me for now over three and a half years so that when we launched it a year later via Kickstarter, it rocketed up to $453,000 in just 33 days, over 7,000 backers buying more than 10,000 journals becoming the sixth most funded publishing campaign of all time on Kickstarter, and the sales keep coming. We're doing between eight to $1,200 a day, and then there's days that we spiked up to like $4,000 a couple days ago um, every single day with the Freedom Journal because the sales just keep on coming because people realize, yes, I have been lacking a tool that will guide me in setting a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound, and then an accountability partner to guide me through the accomplishment of that goal in 100 days. It struck a nerve, Kevin, and we're here for you. That's awesome, dude, because, man, does 100 days go by fast, right? Boom. How many times could you go, uh, yeah, I was going to start that thing, <laughs> and you were like, well, that was 100 days ago. <laughs> if so true. If only there were a book. <laughs> uh, something I could write in each day. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Really cool. So check it out, man. You've gotten, you know, a little bit famous, certainly in our industry, right? 
Give me, I, I want to hear like one of, one of your holy crap moments, right? I mean, it's only <laughs> been three and a half years. Dude, right. You're getting, a, you got a millions of listeners every month. Yeah. Give me a time you found yourself in a room or sitting across from, from somebody and you're playing it cool, but in your head you're going, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, I can give you one just a couple days ago. So I've basically never told this story on a podcast before because it just happens. Mm. But um, it was like two weeks ago. And then again, and then it ended up happening two days ago. But two weeks ago, I get an email and it just was from this, you know, email address. It was a little nondescript and it said, Hey, John, love what you're doing. I'd love to get on your show. Um, um, here, you know, my assistant CC'd on here. See if you guys can find something that works in my schedule. Tony Robbins. And I was like, whoa, wow. wow. Like somehow I'm on Tony Robbins's uh, schedule. I'm on his peripheral somehow. And of course that was the only initial contact that I had with him. But then his assistant took over from that point. And I said, listen, dude, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm wide open here, but I, I will make myself wide open for Tony Robbins to come on EO fire. So you just start shooting me times that work and we'll make it happen. And then two days ago, you know, the, the assistant reached out and said, rando uh but we have three openings today that were literally 23 minute blocks i'm talking like mm. 1 13 p.m to 1 36 p.m you know it was like right. a 23 minute block that was just like it wasn't like even like normal times it was just like it showed you how back to back he right. was and i said i'll take that one please confirm and they did and i had a what ended up because he pushed it not me a, a 30 minute podcast interview right. with tony robbins where i was having one of those moments the whole time like I'm actually saying something, and Tony Robbins is actually responding <laughs> to my words. Like, this is an oh, wow moment. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. And, and how much extra prep did you do for that interview, like technically and psychologically? Well, it's pretty funny because you say extra prep because people ask me all the time, like, how much prep I do for mm -hmm. my podcast interviews, and the answer is always zero. And by zero, <laughs> I literally mean 0.1% because this is what will happen. I'll have, say, 10 interviews lined up for the day for EO Fire, Three minutes before that interview is starting, I don't even know who I'm about to interview. Like yeah. it's been all pre-scheduled months in advance. My mm -hmm. my VAs have taken care of all the communications, so I'll just pop up my ske my schedule and I'll just click on you know the person I'm about to interview in three minutes. And say, oh, like it's Kevin. Let me just brush up on his 50 word bio so I don't stumble over it. Mm -hmm. And then Kevin, how's it going, brother? Are you ready to ignite? And boom, we're into it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I do my interviews. And it's a personal decision. And I don't think everybody should do it this way, but I want to approach most of my interviews with the same curiosity that my listeners will have for not knowing that person either because I do I am a firm believer in the curse of knowledge where when we know something yeah. a lot of times we just assume that other people know that same thing so I am purposely clueless on most of my interviews I mean of course when I interviewed you Kevin like we had met like I knew you so I wasn't clueless but mm -hmm. most of the people that I do interview I've never met before I've never talked to before and a lot of them I've never heard of before I mean they definitely passed a series of really intense criteria to get to me, right. um, but I don't necessarily know them, so I'm very curious, and I and I come at that from the from the from the area of Fire Nation. But to answer the core of your question, like I spent about an hour like brushing up before the Tony Robbins interview, and uh, <laughs> I probably should have done two hours worth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what hasn't this guy been asked, right? You know, it's like it's even for today for you. I, I was like, you know, I, I want to respect your time. Similar thing. You've got 25 minutes in and out. You made it clear. I made a clear promise to you. We would we would honor that. Right. And right. so, you know, I had backup things. I had my mic with me. If for any reason I couldn't get into the office, <laughs> you know, certain guests get you to step up your game a little bit. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a nice thing. So true. It's a nice gift you're giving to people. <laughs> and, 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 and so is Tony. So um, very cool, man. So, um, 
you know, so is that the superpower? You know, as entrepreneurs, we talk about having the superpower, the thing we should be doing and hire everything else out. You mentioned having VA set up all this stuff, the monotony, right? Uh, is, 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 is it you being on a live mic for you, period? I can definitely tell you that being on a live mic is something that really fires me up. I mean, and this is true, and this might kind of shock some people, but I think it would shock some people just like a non-runner would be shocked by running 26.2 miles tomorrow. Like, you can't do it. You got to train for that. And I trained to get to this point, and now the first Monday and first Tuesday of every month, I do 15 back-to-back interviews. That's how I roll for EO Fire. I knock out all 30 interviews for the month in two days. And I love it because every single time I get on and that microphone red light goes on, doesn't even matter if I was dragging a little bit before the interview. I'm like, boing, like I'm in, I'm on. And I'm on for that entire interview. And I actually get better throughout the day because Mm. I'm talking to inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. They're firing me up even more than coffee, you know, any kind of caffeine could do. Mm -hmm. So that is a superhero power of mine for sure is like when I, when I know the mic is on, I light up inside, I get excited, you know, and uh, I get really fired about the content we're talking about. But so, you know, is that, that's the driver of the business, obviously, right? You mean you, you're the only one who can do it in your company, obviously. You stop doing it, a lot of things stop happening. What's the next one? Would it be speaking, being on stage? I love being on stage for that core 45 minutes to an hour. Like when I'm on a stage, Kevin, I'm like, this is awesome. I have the attention of everybody in the room. I really have a great message I feel to share with them. And I really just want to deliver incredibly well. I dislike the entire process it takes to get on that stage. You know, the travel to it, the wind up, the, you know, getting the, all the slides ready. I'm, I'm horrible preparing for talks. And that's why I usually um, go in with just like two slides with two words on them. And then I just kind of ad lib from that point. And then, you know, it's after it's done and you get to say, you know, hello to everybody. And then it's like, okay, now I get to get back to where I was. So, I love speaking from stage, but it's going to become a much smaller part of my business going forward because I've kind of gone through that season of speaking for the past couple of years. And I realized that I really operate best um, for my audience when I'm at home, when I'm in front of the microphone talking to you, being able to do 10 of these interviews in five hours instead of one 45 minute talk in front of, you know, 250 people that took me a whole weekend to actually get to and travel to, et cetera. So that's kind of my mindset. But again, that was a season of my life that I'll never give back because I had to, I had to get to the point where I can now be here and say, okay, now I know where my strengths are. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Let's talk about Snapchat for a minute. Uh, I know you, you're really into it. You did a great episode with uh, Joel Calm, where you guys talked all about why you're doing it, what you see as in, important about it. Uh, tell me what it's like to have a following like you do. You've done two really cool snap swaps. You did one yeah. with Joel. You, did what, you just did one with Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Gary could have done better, by the way. He was, he was only okay. <laughs> Joel was amazing, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, Joel, man, just every day he comes up with something really creative, really informative, brilliant. And you do rants. And I've talked about this where, you know, you do what people want from you already, which I think is really cool. Right. And so uh, what do you love about Snapchat? Why is it important for us to as entrepreneurs to be using Snapchat? I love everything about Snapchat. It's my favorite subject to talk about right now by far because Going back to something we've already brushed upon that really circles back, 
connecting to your audience, engaging with your audience, having that direct line of communication, your finger on the pulse, and being able to actually have conversations with them and say, what are you guys struggling with? Like, what are you guys excited about? Like, how can I create solutions for your problems? Like, that's how all the best things that I've created thus far mm -hmm. have come to be is because of those conversations. And now with Snapchat, it's just like this wide open door because I get emails all the time from people that say, John, can you mentor me? And my answer always was just no, because I don't mentor one-on-one -on -one anymore. But now I can say no, but I mentor people directly through Snapchat every single day. Like, yeah. if you want to be mentored by me, follow me on Snapchat. I am going to give you a rant a day. You can also get a behind-the-scenes look of what I'm doing, you know, people that I'm hanging out with, the fun that I'm having. You can skip the things that are boring to you. You can, you know, watch the things that are exciting and meaningful to you. And you can just really get direct mentorship from me because I'm going to give you my best through Snapchat. And I love that. And with the most recent update, it's even more impressive because I used to, you know, just rip through when people would Snapchat me indirectly. And I always would re reply with, you know, a pound, pound, fire, pound, because it would just, I'd get hundreds and hundreds of snaps. And that was yeah. like a really quick way for me to respond to people because I wanted to respond to them. But now with the update, I can hold on for just a second and say, yo, Kevin, thanks for that, man. Appreciate the love, brother. Boom, let it go. I'm on to the next one. And now I can rip through in the same amount of time and actually be giving voice messages to all these people that's blowing their minds because it's real. They know it's not my VA. They know it's me. Yeah. And it's bringing a more intimate, closer connection with them. And Snapchat's amazing for all of those reasons. EOfire.com slash snap. You want to be following me because I really have fun. I, and I even say, I'll make you pee your pants, but just a little. <laughs> you can still go out to dinner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you'll, have, you'll be uncomfortable, but nobody will know. <laughs> Yeah, it's super cool. I'm loving it too. You know what? Here's what I think is important about it uh, from a marketing standpoint is that, look, we know everything's mobile. We know everything's video is going to rule mobile and it's teaching us to talk in 10 second increments, Yeah, you know, to be, to be terse, to be informative, to be, to keep the camera moving, to make things interesting. I think those are huge new habits that we're developing that are really going to pay stories because yeah. that's what they name it. And that's what I love. They call them stories. And that's where the success of EO Fires come from because mm -hmm. I got that back in 2012 that the things that were missing from podcasts were the stories. So yeah. I, I kind of just laugh at people, um, literally, like I will laugh in their face when they kind of look at me and they be like, John, like, isn't it so boring to ask the same questions every day? Or people say, John, isn't it so boring? You just ask the same questions all the time. I'm like, you are missing the entire point of what I'm doing. I am bringing out the most unique stories you've ever heard from every guest that I've had on because nobody has had the same worst entrepreneurial moment. And that story that I force out of you is amazing. And nobody's had the same epiphany moment and how they turn that idea into success. It's EO Fire is the most unique show that's out there where some people who, again, clueless, don't get it, will never find success, think that it is, you know, the most formatted, bland show. And I'm like, you just don't get it. Like, yeah. go go back to government work because that's what <laughs> you're going to get. And I'll say this for your show as well. What And I've bragged about this a lot. As a guest on the show, you set up the best opportunity to hit a home run. Yeah, softball, baby. You get to hear examples of good shows, bad shows. The way you guys prepped me to do your show, all I had to do was think through my answers and then be spontaneous but know what I was going to say when we went live. And, you know, it couldn't have been an easier thing to do.
Well, Kevin, I got to be honest with your listeners right now. You did not hit a home run on our podcast. You hit a grand slam, brother. Oh, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> EOFire.com <laughs> slash Kevin Rogers. Holding, holding my, my own in the, in the top 10. I'm very proud of that. Yes, you are. Come on. There are 1,300 <laughs> know, episodes now. It's like 0.13%. That's why I don't like hearing that you did Tony Robbins because I know he's going to make his way into the top oh. 10. And, and I'm hanging there at number nine and I'm like, no. Hey, <laughs> Fire Nation votes, not me. And if I voted, you'd be number one. So. <laughs> That's sweet. All right, let's get to the essential question of this podcast. John Lee Dumas, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that has produced the most surprising results? Engage. It's going to come back to the theme of engaging. People are just like, I will only do things that scale and leverage. And I say, I will only do things that's a direct one-on-one -on -one connection with me and my listeners because that's how I learn. That's how I amplify. So know the one-on-one engagement and connections aren't scalable, aren't leverageable, but the products and services and the freedom journals that I create from that are. Awesome. Boom. Talk about being terse and on point. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> Great stuff. So tell me what's next. What, what is, uh, what's happening in your Freedom Journal right now. What's your next 100 days look like? Well, it's pretty interesting. It's a great question because I really only look like three months ahead. So whenever podcast guests be like, what are the next three to five years? My answer is, I don't know because <laughs> I really don't know. I don't even think about it because this world is going to be so different in three to five years from now. There will be no energy or bandwidth that I will spend on trying to guess or plan for that. But something pretty cool, I'm not sure when this is going live, Kevin, but on May 1st, Kate and I are moving permanently to Puerto Rico. Wow. Puerto Rico. Why'd you choose Puerto Rico? A lot of reasons. Um, we wanted to get a place on the ocean that uh, we maybe, you know, buy at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to have a new adventure in a cool area and maybe try a different coast. We've been on the West Coast for a long time. And 4% um, flat uh, tax rate is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. That's going to be, uh, and then there's going to just going to be a whole slew of entrepreneurs now moving to Puerto Rico. I am spearheading <laughs> this move. I'm not, Hey, it's not 4% like state tax. This is overall, wow. I mean, we're talking combined federal and, you know, Puerto Rico tax is 4% because you don't pay federal tax as a Puerto Rico resident. Amazing. And you've checked out the Wi-Fi. You're good there. Yeah, you know, that's a question mark. Everybody's telling me it's good, but I don't believe until I'm there. Yeah. So how do you, de when you make a decision like moving there, how many times did you visit before you landed on that? I've been there twice. Kate's been there zero times. Wow. <laughs> There's faith. That is love right there, my friend. <laughs> cool. Well, John Lee Dumas, man, thanks for doing this, bro. JLD and the place to be. Love you on Snapchat. Of course, love Entrepreneur on Fire. Everybody go check out The Freedom Journal at thefreedomjournal.com. Keep doing everything you're doing, and we'll keep listening and applauding, brother. Thanks. Holla. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in 